welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist interview at the War Memorial Opera House. My name is Claire Sheridan. I'm the founder of the LEAP program at St. Mary's College of California, and I'm your host here today for uh, the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. It's Sunday, February 19th, 2012, and this is program two. I do want to announce that uh, many of these Meet the Artists interviews are uh, available as podcasts on our website at sfballet.org. So with that in mind, I'd also like to welcome our online listeners. Um, our guest today was born in Spain, and he received his ballet training there. He's now a principal dancer with the San Francisco Ballet, uh, performing princely roles in Swan Lake, Giselle, Nutcracker, and lead roles in works by Balanchine, Forsyth, Tudor, Lubavitch, Robbins, among many others. Most recently on the stage, he was Eugene Onegin. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please meet Ruben Martin Cintas. Thank you. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm really glad you're here today because uh, Thursday night uh, you performed in two of the ballets we'll be seeing this afternoon, so you can give us the inside scoop on, uh, on those pieces, right? That's correct. Okay, but first let's, let's talk about you. And uh, can you tell me, what do you like about your job? Ooh. Right there. Yeah, boom. <laughs> we start in a good note there. Uh, what do I like about my job? Uh, there is many things I like about my job. Um, it's a great job for those of uh, you that come and, and see and enjoy it often. Um, we get to step on that beautiful stage every night and give our, our best and our all uh, whenever we have a performance. And um, it brings us a lot of gratitude and, um, and uh, the sense of pleasure that we have sharing uh, what we've learned over, over the years with, with all of you so you can enjoy it and, um, and share with us. That's, I would say, the most pleasurable thing about uh, our job. And, and what's difficult about a career in dance? Uh, yes. <laughs> It's very physical. It's a very physical career and um, also affects you uh, over the years uh, mentally. Uh, it's very, um, you have to put a lot of energy into it, just like many things, but um, the physicality that it has um, really leaves a toll on your, on your body. And so once, once your career, um, once you've years go through in your career, your, your body takes, takes a big toll on that, and uh, it's sometimes hard to balance. Mm -hmm. But overall, it's uh, still a very enjoyable career. I don't think anybody could, could, could have this job without a great deal of passion. I see it in, in you, and I see it in all the dancers. That's what kind of drives them forward, even though it might be hard on the body and difficult and takes all your time, but it's just that passion you have. And that's a great... Uh, gift to find your passion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, I think that's what, uh, what saved us. Now, you, <laughs> passion. you joined San Francisco Ballet in 2000, then you were promoted to soloist in 2003 and a principal dancer in 2006. Can you talk about that transition when you get promoted? Like, how does your life change? Uh, it's very interesting because uh, as when you grow up as a student, you really have objectives in your in your mind as you as you go through the years. So, um, of course, the the ultimate goal for a student is to become the most you can, which is a principal dancer in this in this uh, in this case. So, 
um, going step by step uh, through the different um, statuses of, of a dancer is, uh, is very satisfying, very rewarding. It gives you also a source of motivation to keep going and to really, really put that, that passion and that, that energy into the stage. So every time you get um, a new level up, it brings new sources of motivation for you to keep going and to, and to really give your all. So most memorable uh, moment was probably the, the, you start as a corps de ballet when you go into a company and that's your base. And so once you get the, the, first, uh, the, the first step up is the first you know, really kind of incentive uh, into your career. I think that would be probably the, the most special moment because you know that from that continuation, there is a lot of good that might come from there. Um, I asked some of your fellow dancers to give me a few comments about you. <laughs> do I want to hear this? Yes, you do, because <laughs> Ruben, you are much loved. They, oh, thank you. they told me you were, quote, kind, generous, a sensitive and caring dancer, the quintessential gentleman, oh. a very giving dance partner. And then this person wrote, his acting chops are just as classy as his dancing skills. <laughs> How did you learn to act? Where are all these people? <laughs> mm, I might have to think of some presence. <laughs> so how did you learn to act? Um, how did I learn to uh, I guess it's something that comes naturally uh, to me. Uh, I haven't really learned, per se. But I guess by watching, I'm a very visual learner, so I think that when... I have intended to work on something. I really put a lot of attention, and I guess through through uh, looking at it a lot, because I like to do a lot of research too. So, whenever I have a new part, um, I read about it and research about it. So, I guess by that way of of learning, that the acting skills probably um, I, I soaked a little bit on on those two. So. Well, speaking of acting, what did you learn from the experience of performing the role of Eugene Onegin? Uh, first of all, how many folks here saw Eugene Onegin? Ah. Okay. So oh, you know about the character. Power. The character <laughs> The character's power. kind of this arrogant, cynical, messed up guy. That's me. <laughs> that was not acting. <laughs> no. But all your friends are fooled because they think you're wonderful. Um, I so, paid them before. <laughs> how, how did you, what did you learn from the experience of, of creating that character? Um, well, I've, it, was a, it was a slightly different character from all, all of the other full lengths that I've done before just because the, I think the, the layers that it had and how much you could take from it um, was a little bit, a little, you could go a little bit more in depth with, with this character. Um, there is um, also two major parts of his personality different parts of his life in which he first gives the impression of this arrogant, kind of careless character. But then when he realizes that um, Tatiana is really the, the love of his life, or what he thinks is the love, then he completely changes. And, and every, all of those layers strip off for, for his real self to come out. And that's how I, I looked at it. I saw this, this last part of the ballet as a very kind of dramatic, a chance to to 
come out as, as that, uh, that inside part of Onegin that was covered with all of those layers of uh, calculative personality and very kind of arrogant. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, could, I felt like I could bring more of myself into the, into the role just because you had a chance to really explore and experience with, with, with all of that. Mm -hmm. um, in comparison to some of the kind of more basic which you can also work uh, in different levels of personality, but such as uh, Siegfried in Swan Lake or yeah. Albrecht in Giselle. You also exceed, uh, <laughs> excel as a dancer in plotless contemporary ballets like uh, Number Nine, mm -hmm. which we'll, we'll be seeing this afternoon. Can you um, tell us about something about that piece? <laughs> Colorful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, somebody described it as. Uh, what is it, the Skittle, Skittle dance? <laughs> All of those colors. No, it's very, very colorful, You're very, uh, just, just like the choreography itself and uh, the music, it comes out as a very energetic, very structured, uh, well-organized piece and uh, very physical. How so. long do you get to learn a piece like that? Um, well, the choreographers usually get a three-week period to choreograph a piece. Um, when they first come, and uh, that will be kind of like the, the base of uh, the um, creative process. And then when we actually perform it, uh, we'll get maybe like two or, more, two or three more weeks to work on it, depending on the piece. When the choreographer comes, how many hours a day does he get to work with you? Uh, three to six. Oh, that much, three yeah. to six. And hours. so, yeah, we work in the summer when, mm -hmm. when we are just rehearsing in the studios, mm -hmm. and so, um, during that creative process, yeah, three to six would be the average. Um, does Christopher Wielden have a recognizable style? Um, yeah, I would think so, yeah. He, for what I see and I'm working with him, he's very organized and he has a very, very particular way of, of understanding music and he works very directly uh, linked to that. And uh, I feel like his choreography comes as a very, very well-structured and um, at the same time, powerful because that structure, seeing seeing the structure instead like that, it really impacts the the viewer, the uh, the audience that way. And also on the way that he works with the principal couples, he uh, has a great deal of, of partnering, um, create creativity, and mm -hmm. he really experiments with us mm -hmm. actually. And as you can see in, in this piece, is uh, there is very different levels of, of partnerings for the different couples, and each one is slightly different than the other, which makes it really, really interesting through the piece. Um, onward to Bo, the new uh, Mark Morris Ballet. Uh, how would, the, we were just talking about partnering. Um, in our program notes, our wonderful program notes that you all have and the little booklets you get, um, Mark Morris says that the men aren't used to partnering each other, so that makes them crazy. So there are nine guys in this ballet, and they are partnering each other. So can you tell us uh, the difference between partnering a guy and, and a, a female? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> um, no, the, par the partnering that we do with, with guys uh, in this particular piece is, is not really what we actually um, uh, portray with with the women partnering the women it's it's uh, we partner each other there is probably like mm, uh, two or two to three men uh, per 
lifted guy. <laughs> and uh, whenever we actually go one-on-one, -on -one, it's, it's a light, lighter partnering. It's not really kind of over the head kind of lift. So yeah, it's, it's a little lighter. Just like his, his work, it has more of a fluidity, um, um, but it's, it's almost, uh, it's not very kind of pow impact on your face kind of dancing. It's more fluid, almost kind of marking, marking through the movements. And uh, he puts also a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of attention on the, on the patterns. Structurally, it's very interesting, as you will see, and very works very directly linked with the music too. He has his core; he opens his core, and he has the line of the line of uh, music from this instrument. He works with these movements. Then the next the next line with the next instrument, he works on a different pattern of movement. So, it uh, it's very very interesting process process because you see the creativity in a different way. It's not like okay, well, I know the music, so I'm gonna do this. He knows the music. He can looks at it and you know, organize himself that way. And so um, he will come to the studio, not really sure what he's gonna do, but really, really sure of the music because he knows it. He's very knowledgeable of of it, and and that way, having the basic idea, he can develop on how he feels that day, working with uh, whatever group of dancers he has at that moment. It's very cool. If you're just joining us, I am in conversation with Ruben Martin Cintas, and in a short while we'll, we will be able to take questions from the audience, so be thinking about what you might like to ask Ruben. Okay, third ballet, Chroma, mm -hmm. by Wayne McGregor. Now this choreography demands superhuman technique and physicality, and can you talk a little bit about McGregor's work from a dancer's perspective, and how does it feel to to push your body like that in such, uh, the extensions folks are so extreme, it's just, it's a spectacular, you're, you're looking at super athletes on the stage, and so, super athlete, what's, what does that feel like? <laughs> uh, it hurts, no. <laughs> <clears throat> um, it's, um, as, as you said, it's a, it's a very, very physical, very physical way of moving, and he has ways in which we, hardly ever move before working with, well, with this, this type of ballet. I'm not involved in Chroma, particularly this, this time, but I've worked with uh, Wayne on, uh, on Eden Eden, which was the ballet that we did, his first ballet of, we did a couple of years ago, three years. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, he's very demanding, very particular also. Um, which is very strange because this type of movement you don't see you don't see that often. It's not that recognizable. It's, he has his very particular vocabulary, and he's very specific. So also depending on the physical and the dancer that he has uh, in front of him at that time, he can uh, pick on it in a different way. He has different nuances for every for every particular pe person. So that uh, it's. It's, it's very gratifying because you don't have to adjust to whatever cast you're learning from or other person that shares your same role. You, you have your own um, advice and your, your own uh, relationship with him creating that movement. You have to have a tremendous amount of focus when you're on stage. And I was wondering if you could share a, an amusing story when that focus failed, when something goes wrong. <laughs> I'm sure I never see. Why do you ask? I, that? I, Have you seen that recently? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen anybody really fall into the orchestra pit or 
you know, oh, have their costume fall off. Bad. But is there anything you'd like to share? I've fallen in my ass a couple of times, yeah, and that's, that's okay. You, uh, you push yourself to the limit, you try, and um, sometimes you slip and fail. So, yeah, it's, it's not a big deal. It's, uh, it happens to everybody, and accidents, yeah, you can't really blame for for accidents but yeah I've uh, I've happened to fall on the stage a couple of times and uh, it's uh, it's really embarrassing you keep moving but uh, yeah that moment is it's, everything seems like it's going very slow <laughs> <laughs> you're pulling in from a pirouette and all of a sudden you start to feel that you're off center <laughs> something's wrong <laughs> but you keep turning as if nothing's happening and <laughs> All of a sudden, you end up facing the back of the audience with your, with your popo to the front, wondering what, what happened here. But then uh, choreography keeps moving, and then it's everything yeah, stays in the past. Well, you know, it's, it's wonderful because when I... When things do go wrong, the dancers are so fast that sometimes in the audience you see a little blur and you can't even tell anything went wrong because they get back into it so fast and mm -hmm. so professional. Yeah, so, adrenaline kicks in. And yes, but it does serve to remind us that this is hard stuff they're doing out there, folks. <sighs> I mean, it, we can kind of get used to, oh, yes, six pirouettes and flying, so what? But that's hard. Yeah. That's hard to do. And as uh, you age, you, you get better at covering it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's one of the great things about maturing. I, I love the, the music for Chroma. What's your relationship with the orchestra members? Do you guys know each other? I mean, um, you, we work together every time. Do you? We, we see each other a lot. Oh. Uh, we might not personally know, know each other, but we know who we are. Okay. And uh, there is, for me personally, I have uh, a nice moment when I, when I bow and uh, I feel like acknowledging the, or the orchestra is, is also a really, really nice way to include them into the performance from the dancer's point of view. I know that you, you know, you're very aware of them and you're really connected to them as well, but personally for me, that, that acknowledging, mm -hmm. acknowledging the orchestra is, is really nice. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Ruben, how do you like to spend your time when you're not dancing? Good question. Uh, there's many things that I like to do. Um, most recently, well, most recently, it's been a few years now, but I like to paint um, oils. I paint oils. And uh, also, I'm going to college. I'm uh, doing the LEAP program, and uh, very proud of that, and it's going very well. So, but yeah, painting has been my passion for, um, for five years, and I, whenever I have some free time or um, time off from injuries, uh, I like to, uh, to, I get together with, with a friend of mine who's a portrait painter in the city, and we, we work together. And so you paint portraits? Uh, portraits, landscapes, yeah. It's, Kind of learning. And for those of you who don't know, a LEAP is this a degree program that's specifically designed for professional dancers. So what's an, uh, also quite special is that there will be a big chunk of the dancers you see performing tonight will take a shower after the performance and run down the street and sit in a college classroom for four hours while they're working on their degree. So that's true commitment. And they're very smart. Um, what role did your family play in your training and career? Um, well, it's a very interesting story that I have uh, for when I, when I started dance because it, it didn't come out as a, as a, a vocation for me to actually start dance uh, since uh, I come from Spain. And at the time, 
uh, dancing for for a for a male was not that usual. It was it was something that you know you did, but um, your families were not that proud of. I just, it has that kind of yeah vision on, on male dancers. Um, so it was it was all sort of sort of by accident. Uh, we're four brothers. I'm one of four, and uh, we all started dancing at the same time. I'm the only one that remained uh, dancing at the moment. Uh, but um, yeah, my mom, as uh, you can imagine, with four boys in the house, wanted to keep us busy after school. We finished school at five o'clock, so. Um, she wanted to have a couple extra hours there to, uh, to kind of uh, have for herself. So, you know, she, she would put us and uh, sign us up for soccer, basketball, things like that, you know, mostly sports. And, uh, but she was, really in, she was really taken by the posture of, of gymnasts and the, the demeanor that they have. <laughs> And uh, there was an extra curriculum activity. It was uh, rhythmic gymnastics. And she went there and uh, was attempting to sign us up to, to this activity. And the teacher was like, no, this is uh, rhythmic. It's for girls. I mean, you can do the, the other type of gymnastics, but we, we don't have it here for, for a possibility for your, for your kids. So there is a ballet school around the corner that you might, you might be interested in. You know, you can maybe get the same, uh, the same idea of posture for, for them doing ballet. And, and they, they have uh, classes after school as well. So and we, we went to audition to this ballet school. They gave us a scholarship, and that's how we started, by accident, pretty much. It's, it's always a, a, an intrepid mother that, that helps the yeah. children <laughs> find their career. Questions from the audience? Have you been thinking? Uh, yes. And please, um, I will repeat the question. Ah, what is your major in college? Well, we, uh, we graduate with uh, a bachelor's degree on uh, performing arts. That's the major. Uh, but uh, it's interesting that the dancers come in with their major completed almost, because if you're dancing at this level, so that what they can do is earn college credit for their, the knowledge, and then they're free to take other courses so that they become, they can go into any field. So they become, the dancers have become lawyers and doctors and physical therapists and second grade teachers and so forth. So, uh, yes. This is a question that uh, you, you mentioned that your brothers have stopped dancing, but you did have a brother that was dancing here in the company. That's right. What? That's a mathematical mind there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, he recently retired from, from dancing. He went on to dance in Europe from San Francisco and danced for a couple more years. And uh, last year, he just, he just retired. And uh, he's taking on a new and exciting life right now. Yes. How old were you when you started ballet lessons? Um, I was around 12, 12 years old, yeah. Usually uh, the, the average age where uh, boys especially uh, start uh, learning ballet is around 8, 10 years old. So I was a, I was a little bit um, on the later side, but um, it doesn't really, either, if you have the drive, uh, it doesn't really 
mother. Yes. This is a question that, the, that the, you, you heard on the radio that um, the, they want to start a ballet company, a classical ballet company in Barcelona, and that the artistic director wants to recruit all the folks from Spain to come back home and join this company. I, I, I've, I've heard about this, uh, this interview on the radio. Is this uh, Angel Corella's company? Because uh, he's, he has... He was yeah. with the American Ballet, so yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be Angel. Angel is based in Madrid. I don't know why they were saying that the company was starting in Barcelona. Maybe they're, they're, um, he was interested in opening a school. I don't know if maybe that's, that's more towards what they were talking about more. But uh, yeah, he's, he's, been, he's had this company open for, uh, for a few years now, and um, a lot of Spaniards that have been dancing abroad have come in to work with him um, as guest, guest artists. So that way he's bringing in um, different people that are dancing abroad. Um, things are hard in Spain, as you guys know right now. Um, they, they brought in a new artistic director for the National Company of Spain, who was directed by Nacho Duato, who is planning to slightly change the repertoire and bring in more classical as well. So hopefully, That'll be the case, and uh, we can we can get a chance to to go there and 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 show our art to to the Spanish public too. Uh, one last question. Oh, right over there. What would be your ideal role to dance, and why? Uh, well, there's uh, many roles that um, I have danced and. Um, are interesting as a male dancer uh, to portray. But uh, I would say that most recently, my ideal role, uh, I just did it on, on this great stage a couple of weeks ago, which would be Onyegin. Yeah, it's a great challenge for a, for a male dancer and great, great, great role to portray as a more mature um, artist. Thank you. Thank you very much. If it's, if it's quick, yes. Do you, do you work with different partners or just one? Um, we change, we switch partners around all the time. Um, just the way our season goes and the different types of ballets that we have, um, we we have that that um, that great thing of uh, of really experiencing dance with with different different partners and, and colleagues, even men in this case, as you will see later, um, which is great. It, it it teaches you to adapt to different ways of moving and to also really connect with different personalities. I think really, really, really kind of opens your, uh, your, um, your perception of, of dance and of relationship with other, other humans on, the, on your same profession. Well, I want to thank my guest, Ruben Martin Cintas, and thank you, dear audience. First, let's thank Ruben. Thank you. My pleasure. Enjoy the show. And
And thank you, dear audience, for joining us today. You can listen to other Meet the Artist podcasts um, on the website at sfballet.org. And they also have some great blogs and videos. So check out the uh, San Francisco Ballet website. Thanks and enjoy the show.